Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of Podcast Pasta. That's the podcast that's like pasta, not the podcast that's about pasta. As always, I'm your host Michael, and for this installment, I want to explore、uh, basically the den. Now, for I mean, I'm sure all of you are probably asking, what exactly is the den? And to be honest, even as I sit here now trying to record this episode for you, I It's very hard for me to even answer that question because, on, on the surface level, I have like I can, you know, basically tell you what the channel is. But on a deeper level, I see it. I, I see like so many different commentaries and so many different takes regarding like the content that the dead makes. But if you had to, if I was basically put in a situation in which I was walking down the street and somebody pointed to me and said, "Hey, Michael, explain what the den is." The best explanation that I would give, just from a surface level examination of it, is that the den is a small-time YouTube channel, and by small-time, I mean super small. Like right now, as I'm like recording this, they only have six subscribers. I'm I'm one of them because I. I'm gonna level with you guys. This is actually one of my favorite YouTube channels, and it's part of the reason why I want to spotlight it here.、Um, no about page at all. So、uh, there's nothing I could read off to you to give you like, you know, a specific point of like, oh yeah, this is what the den is supposed to be, according to the creator, right? So it's just it has to be me basically interpreting it.、Uh, the only thing this really gives me is that they joined.、Uh, In December of 2016, and、uh, based off the videos, the earliest content that they made was from a year ago. So again, a fairly new channel in terms of like actually publishing content. Um, but in terms of like describing the premise, I would have to say that the den is basically the hosting. Site for an impressionist, a Scooby-Doo impressionist. Now, I'm not talking about a Scooby-Doo impressionist in the sense that we have a person in, in, you know, doing like impressions of voices from the Scooby-Doo show. No, specifically of the character Scooby-Doo, right? Trying to perfect, you know, the mannerisms of this one character, right? Now, I know what some of you might be thinking, just hearing that right now. That it sounds like. Like I'm trolling you guys right now by saying this is actually one of my favorite channels, but、um, as I'm trying to explain as I go through this, the reason why I see it is first of all, I, I think that I the premise is extremely funny, like very absurdist, and I, I say that as like a huge fan of absurdist comedy. I think it's my favorite like style of comedy, only because I think of the. Um, what it really says about certain aspects of our society in a way that like challenges how we perceive the world around us. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of comedians like Andy Kaufman, Tom Green, others like that. The work of Tim Tim and Eric on Adult Swim, which you could argue is also kind of absurdist,、uh, in the same way that like The Den is, where it challenges your sense of. Normalcy, basically, like that's the butt of the joke. It's like your sense of normalcy and like kind of challenging that. But、uh, specifically with the den,、uh, I, I say it's like gray work of absurdist humor. And 
I would even go as far as to say that the host of the den is actually one of the greatest absurdists of our time. He just hasn't been discovered yet, right? Now, I don't really, I, I don't know if I'd really say I know him all that well because, you know, I don't want to like read too much off of, you know, just what I see from a person on a screen or anything like that. But I truly do mean that. Like, he does, he taps into like, this weird level of absurdism intentionally or not and i think says interesting things regarding both the nature of like the rise of the internet absurdist age of like basically modern absurdism and how it's expressed through uh, internet platforms as well as specifically with his youtube channel the nature of youtube and the you know current formation of certain uh you know youtube channels uh, and this is just from the premise. I'll get more into like the actual content as I go on. But from the premise, what I see is a commentary on like the nature of many modern YouTube channels, in particular with very many niche channels. Because I feel like YouTube has finally gotten to like a point where you know, like with so many people clamoring for views, clamoring for subscribers, clamoring for some place in the YouTube landscape, that the abundance of these niche channels, like we we don't even question it anymore. Like the biggest example I like to give is Bitching with Babish, which admittedly I'm I, I like Bitching with Babish. It's a very interesting channel, but you have to admit it's very niche in nature right like it's a cooking show that examines the food from our media in particular i mean with most of a focus on western media but i i imagine you could do like that's not a stipulation for them necessarily but if you were to take that idea right and present it to like a television studio they they laugh at you right because it's just in many ways it's like just too narrow of an idea to where like how can you actually create content from this but through like babish's like presentation and through like just you know essentially coming up with a pretty interesting concept if not entirely niche he's built a platform for himself and i think he's like one of the like most successful cooking youtubers currently out there um but I think the den kind of challenges that whole idea that, hey, you know, like, is is this really okay that we have like these, that we have such an overabundance of um, channels to the point where even something like that is considered like, you know, high content or just content for that matter. Is this okay? You know, um, what does this speak to your sense of YouTube content or content in general? Like, is is there a line that we should draw in terms of like what we shouldn't explore in YouTube? Is the den that line, you know, where it could just be as absurd and as like almost nonsensical as like Scooby-Doo impressions? I don't know, but like the fact that I could get this from this channel, like I think speaks to it as just more than, you know, just this weird, maybe kind of trollish you know subversive idea and even more so like uh with in regards to like the quality of like a lot of these videos so traditionally with youtube videos you see like 
for the most part, like if you were to like graph it out as like、uh, in terms of their quality, you'd see like a rising trend, and then it eventually hit a point where they're like satisfied with their quality, and they kind of just like plateaus, right? Because why would you? As soon as you like nail your style, nail the editing, it's just basically coming up with the content at that point. But not with the den, you see. With the den, the content is like that. Graph is more of a roller coaster, right? Sometimes you get like just eight-second-long videos. Sometimes you get like、um, videos with like an elaborate intro, right? I think some of his newer videos have like an, an elaborate intro to them.、Um, but you know, he has green screen effects, like、uh, in Scooby-Doo Impressions '43. If you guys,、um, I'll link the. The Den YouTube channel, so you can like kind of see what I'm talking about in terms of like the episode references I'm making here. But in Scooby Impression of '43, right,、uh, he has like an actual decent green screen effect, right? So you're like, oh man, this is gonna be really interesting, right? Like, wh- what can this creator do with a green screen? But then, as he Progresses, the green screen almost gets worse in its effect, so it kind of plays. It's kind of subverts it because you normally expect, oh, he can only get better from here, to the point where his latest video, Scoobiversary, which is not aligned when he made the actual, you know, channel, or I think even when he uploaded the first video, is just him with the normal green screen, right? So it's kind of like the build up to this joke that just like. Has weeks of payoff, right? Like not just a simple joke. That's and that's kind of the beauty of the den is that a lot of the jokes aren't just contained in one episode or just contained in what the the host character is doing, what the impression character is doing. But it's played more off of、um, you know what you observe outside of just that, like what he.、Um, Like video quality, the title, even the titles are just like randomly thrown out there and bare, barely relate to what's being done in the actual episodes. So it really does challenge what you know, you know, one's perceptions of like what what one is supposed to do on YouTube or what one is supposed to do as a content creator. And with that, as I was mentioning earlier, like you have this, ho- what I refer to as the host character or the impressionist, basically the one doing the impersonations. And I, I, I call him a character because we're never actually given a name for this for this guy, right? Like, is he the den, or is the den just referencing like the actual setting that he's in, the setting that he's you know doing these impressions? Um, but it, it kind of. To me, it reminds me of like、uh, I can't remember if it was like I think this was like I, I remember learning about this from I think professional speaking,、uh, but we had kind of like a segment on like how people's behaviors change when they're put in front of a camera, and that essentially through that we kind of create our we inadvertently create our own characters. Sorry,、uh, sorry, sorry. Just by having a camera on us, we like kind of we purposefully, well, sometimes purposefully, sometimes not change our mannerisms. And so, 
you know, it's almost like as you go through these videos, you watch these impersonations, you wonder how much of it is like an act, you know, like if you think about it in terms of like absurdist humor, how much of it is an act or how much of it is sincere, right? And uh, with that, you also question like, okay, well, if it's if this is a character, how much is the character aware that this is like a show that people are seeing this or you question the character's motives and things like that um and it almost kind of i'd make comparisons to like eric andre right like uh from the eric andre show and which is also kind of like absurdist and subversive in his own way in terms of like how it approaches like traditional talk show hosts and it's like there's always this i think there's like this kind of fan theory that like eric andre is in like purgatory and he's like almost forced to make these shows that's why like in the opening for example you see him like breaking his own set and like yelling like he almost wants to escape as a character from his own show right like he doesn't even want to do it um not quite the same with the den i think there is like a sense that he does like want to do it but almost like he's kind of lost in a similar um way uh before i continue on i think i'm gonna get more into like the specific uh episodes and then maybe see like why such why i believe such an idea like the den is um why why we're seeing such an idea of the den like on the internet and specifically on youtube and uh i think kind of wrap it up with an analysis of like my favorite episode of the den so you can just see where i'm coming from uh so stick tuned for stick tuned stick tuned (laughs) stay tuned and uh, i'll be right back thank you Okay, welcome back to the second part of our deep dive regarding uh, the Den YouTube channel. Now, as I was saying in the previous section, that a part of the appeal of the Den for me is that it is like kind of grounded in this real um, absurdism to where it kind of subverts your expectations of like what YouTube channels uh, can be, especially in the modern YouTube age and. To me, it kind of speaks to just the general state of humor on the internet or on internet platforms because a lot of it is kind of built on, and there's been many like articles that have kind of spoken about this in great detail, but um, just to kind of give like my sense on it, uh, that modern humor is very weird in nature and you see that with like the way that meme like with the rise of meme culture right it's almost like humor that's just like weird references like making jokes out of things that aren't really jokes and it's almost like random and sporadic in nature you know not really like not necessarily grounded in like you know a, a logic that we see with other types of humor and 
I imagine there's a couple different reasons for that. For me, the reason why I think this humor is so prevalent in the internet and in general, just in the present day, is that. I'm, and I'm thinking back to like the early days of the internet. Like, absurdist comedians had like a very strong foothold in the early, you know, back in like almost like the wild west of the internet. Like the internet is still kind of like. It's more formalized now. But I'm talking about like back in a time where it was just like people didn't know what to do with this new、um, way of communication, right? This new means of communication. So,、uh, absurdists found it as a great opportunity to like host their content. I think one of the earliest、uh, comedians to actually like have content on the internet is like actually Tim and Eric from like. I think Adult Swim. You know, they had a lot of their early content up there. I think they were like one of the first ones to actually do like live streaming. So they're very much like ahead of the game in that regard. I believe I, I could be wrong on that aspect, but I know they were like one of the first ones to definitely embrace the internet as this new platform. But even beyond that, too, like.、Uh, I I always come back to like Newgrounds, right? Like、uh, for any of my older viewers, if you remember, like old school Newgrounds, where it was like just a bunch of independent creators creating content just for this, you know, just for the sake of it, without like really a profit-driven motive. And、um, you know, with cartoonists, naturally, a lot of their humor is supposed to be very subversive. Kind of surreal because with animation you're already kind of playing off the viewer's sense of reality because you're basically asking them to like, hey, you see these lines that I'm manipulating? I want you to interpret them as like a character, not just lines, right? So if you're already messing with one like level of reality, you might as well just do the full commit and just base your humor on like kind of. That weirdness, right? And you, and you see that a lot with、um, almost the den, like this almost weirdness that pervades through、uh, his work. And it's almost very similar to like content that you would see on like TikTok and you know with other like trollish type YouTube channels, where、uh, oftentimes since it's like. Micro content, very short. The best humor to use is like absurdist or subversive humor because it's low risk, high reward. I mean, worst case, what you're losing is like as a viewer and as a viewer, if you watch this content, at worst you're losing is like what a few seconds, maybe a minute of your life if you know a joke doesn't land for you, and that you just don't see with like. Like sketches before the advent of like the internet, like so, I, like with early、um, absurdist sketches, I'm thinking like Andy Kaufman's stand-up or like a lot of Tom Green's work, like、uh, Freddie Got Fingered and things like that. Like in those、um, formats, in the like longer skit formats, 
if your joke bombs, it really bombs. And I, I would argue to some degree that you can get a lot of laughs, but like, like I said, is it really worth that risk of devoting your time to like, let's say, making a movie? If like it's extremely, extremely panned and only has like a small cult following, you know, where, you know, you could get almost a very similar effect with, again, micro content, and that's reflected in like the way the den presents a lot of the episodes because they're mostly very short. I think at most it only goes over two minutes. Like, I think to view all the den's content right now it takes less than like. Maybe ten minutes, so you know. But you know, you get a good trade-off in terms of like humor. I see. Now、um, to kind of close this out,、uh, and to kind of like really enforce my point because it's kind of hard to like. How would I say it? Like, I guess to kind of give more of my praise to、uh, the den. I want to do a、uh, in-depth, or like a, yeah, like I would say like an in-depth review of like one of like my favorite episode from their channel. And when I say favorite, I mean I, I see this as the magnum opus of the den. Like honestly, I don't know if they're going to create anything better than this, but I kind of hope they do. I hope they they、uh, surprise me. And so I'm gonna do like a、uh, rundown, and this is gonna be kind of a spoiler because I know that、uh, with comedy there's a certain aspect that if you explain it, it like it just doesn't become funny. So、uh, I'd recommend you pause it right now, watch、uh, the episode I'm gonna talk about, and then come back. Like at worst, you'll lose like two minutes of your life, but I definitely think it's worth it. I'm gonna. Kind of go into it because to me, like outside of just like the entire creation of the den, I see this episode as its own unique, interesting piece of art that is worth further examination. So the episode I'm referring to is Scooby Real. Now, to kind of give you some background before like、um, fully doing my deep dive into it, Scooby Real is kind of presented as like a traditioner, traditioner. Traditional actors reel, you know. So like when actors are like trying out for a part, or like,、uh, n- well, not even so much trying out for a part, but looking for a part to try out for, they give like demo reels to like, hey, this is what I can do as like a voice actor or just as an actor, you know, like、uh, headshots, things like that, right? And so this is basically the Dan's interpretation on that. The video is Scooby Real, so obviously kind of incorporating that、uh, Scooby Doo aspect of it. So it starts off with his traditional opening, right? Like very funny, op- very, very funny opening because again, it doesn't like really fucking tell you anything about what the Dan is. Or anything like that, but kind of like stokes your intrigue of like, oh, what the fuck is this? But anyways, keep me going. I'm doing this in real time too. So we start off with like some actual decent decent impressions. So this is like where you kind of see the buildup of like the joke. So if it works, like okay. So if you're like a constant follow, if you follow this channel, it kind of works on the humor that like. 
as a viewer, you're not suspecting him to just start off with like decent impressions, right? You're expecting him to go right into like just some weird insanity, right? But no, first it starts off with like an impression of Scooby Doo. Like, of course, because he's a Scooby Doo impressionist, you have to lead with your best one. So it starts with Scooby Doo, right? It goes into Archie, the character from Archie Comics. Again, a pretty decent impression. Like I could see this being the voice for Archie in like a TV, in an animated TV show, right? I don't know much about the Archie character, but um, you know, I mean, if we ever need another animated show, I don't know if there has ever been an animated Archie show, but if we need another one, fucking, this is your guy right here. Uh, then you get full power Frieza again, so like kind of this buildup, like so far three impressions that you could kind of see, like oh yeah, I can see this being the voice of these characters. Uh, so like I said, full power Frieza, which is basically like Dragon Ball Z, the f- like uh, I'd say essentially the final form of Frieza before you get to like the Dragon Ball Super Saga when he gets like his golden form. But this is like where you super buff. And then fucking third form Frieza, right? Where I immediately fucking lose my shit because, like, you're kind of suspecting, oh, okay, this is gonna be in like another real impression. No, he throws out like a fake Italian accent for this character. And this works on two levels for me. One, it's just like, like random right like why would this alien creature have like an italian accent you know why the fuck would he even know what italy is like does italy even exist in the context of the uh, dragon ball universe (laughs) you know and um but two like the way that this was this uh this impression was primed with the previous one of like the full power so in the context of the dragon ball show it's like the third form frieza and then like basically his final form and then like full power so you kind of have to think like if this was like the voice for third form like if this was the voice actor for like third form frieza right we would get like this or like just for frieza in general we get like this third form that has this like really jarring fucking fake italian accent and then the full power form that's just like an actual serious voice and just the thought of that fucking cracks me (laughs) up sorry oh holy shit anyways keep going uh and then you get an impression of bruno right which i've looked everywhere this isn't like a real character guys this is i'm pretty sure that he just knows right but like again like what the fuck why would you have this in a in an acting demo reel you know so you have to kind of like imagine like the character like the, the den character right go- presenting this and being like oh yeah this is my demo reel oh yeah you check my impression of bruno and they'll be like who the fuck is bruno it's like you know and then he would just fucking leave
and then um okay so after the bruno impression uh he uh, he does an impression of all might which is again another good impression so it kind of pulls you back in from like kind of gives you like a reprieve from like some of the comedic impressions to kind of give you like another serious one like oh yeah now we're back on track okay yeah i could see this voice being uh you know the voice for all might you know it's, it's a pretty decent voice uh and then you get weatherby which again i don't know much about archie comics but i think he's like kind of like a nemesis or like an enemy to archie and i guess the den the host of the den is like a huge fan of archie so like the pr- and it's kind of a mix of like what we've seen before so it's a good impression but then he like subverts it by like giving it ridiculous dialogue that eventually just breaks down into basically him almost ranting about like how he fucking hates this character weatherby right like this almost guttural hate of the character weatherby fucking just floors me because of like how sudden that like rant like that almost angry tone comes on uh and then after the weatherby impression you get um one of the top tier ones fucking obama right which is uh it's basically an obama impression of obama saying like the fucking lines from uh the jason derulo song uh talk dirty to me basically uh the lyrics from that just funny on its own doesn't really need that much explaining like that booty damn dude fuck even now this fucking goddamn video i love it so much and then lastly it ends with the callback to the bruno impression you know always fun to have callbacks in your own jokes so just from the playback of it it's like very funny and how it's like building up this joke pulling back and like you know kind of this interplay that you have it but even with this within this episode in the context of the den you see like kind of its own commentary in terms of like kind of questioning one's ideas of uh what it means to give a a carrier uh, a voice to a character right like you know with and it kind of harkens back to um i don't know if you guys uh, i can't remember the name of the anime but like ghost adventures right so for those of you guys who don't know in the original like english translation they just kind of played it for laughs because they couldn't really like i don't know i, I can't remember the exact story like they didn't like i don't know if they, it's like they wanted to purposely do it as like uh, kind of a comedy show but like by doing just these ridiculous fucking impressions it fucks it it fucking makes it like one of the funniest anime shows out there and like this whole process that this demo reel presents of like just throwing out voice like weird voices for some of these characters kind of harkens back to that type of humor to me and like you know questioning the value of like you know like what if we gave you know, like what if we kind of bend what people would imagine like a voice to be in a show like honestly i think i would watch dbz a fucking third form freeze i had like 
that fake Italian accent. I think that I definitely want to rewatch it more. Not, I'm not saying that DBZ is bad or anything. It's just, you know, I don't have any inclination to watch like the Frieza saga, right? Or anything like that, even though like it's, it's a pretty decent saga. But like, yeah, kind of subverting your sense of like, you know, the process of like giving a character a voice and, you know, understanding like how much a voice uh, personifies a character and how it could kind of mess with your mind to have like an incorrect voice coming out of a character, which is ultimately just lines on a screen, right? Or, you know, lines in front of you or whatever, because it's like an animated character. But I think also it's it's um, this whole video is kind of like a funny subversion of like the VA industry because as I said it's like kind of taking the the idea of the traditional demo reel and like kind of turning it on its head to be like uh, isn't this kind of a silly process you know like the, do demo reels actually demonstrate the full power of like or not even power but like the ability of an actor you know and all of this just from one video i'm just pulling all this from one video i'm sure like there's more you could pull if i examine like some of the other content but i guess in summation to kind of like wrap up this whole analysis of you know the den has a uh my i'm sorry to wrap up this analysis my analysis of the den is that sometimes you should never really be afraid to find meaning in like abstract or absurd like content you know like and because of like content like the den and several other stuff on the internet it's kind of made me reevaluate my sense of like the value of art and like because um, it's kind of level with you guys well not to like deep like not emotionally level with you guys but like i i was one of those like critics that didn't really understand the point of like modern or postmodern like art you know like uh the like really weird art like just of a canvas painted like red and things like that but because of content like the den and you know others like it it's kind of made me like reevaluate um and like the statements that those channels have it's kind of made me reevaluate like what i can derive from this art that might seem simple to me and it always makes me question like what more is there to the media I'm watching and it kind of like helped fuel like my whole sense of you know my curiosity as a critic and trying to um you know interpret the media around me and I just gotta thank the den for that and I definitely highly recommend this content I think he's a I think the host for the den is a brilliant creator. I'm sorry if this like whole episode was kind of rambly. It's been a while since I fucking recorded something, but nonetheless, um, I hope you took something away from, you know, the, this nonsense of an episode, uh, to maybe reevaluate art that you just scoffed off as dumb. And you might find interesting takes, whether or not those takes are purposefully there. Right. I think that's like part of the beauty of critique, you know, of media critique and just like critique in general is that we can find this meeting in like the absurdity of, you know, the arts and the media that we enjoy. 
But anyways, that's going to do it for me. Uh, this has been uh, Mike of Podcast Pasta. Uh, I can't really give you guys a schedule of when I'm going to you know, release my uh, next episode at all, but just stay tuned. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at um, at podcasting pasta. It's all one word. The P's are capitalized again. That's at podcasting pasta on Twitter. Uh, if you want to support my show, I think I have options to do so through Anchor. Uh, with Anchor, it's like a subscription-based thing. So if you want to avoid that, I also have a Ko-Fi account that should again be linked through my Twitter. Uh, I hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy. Fight the good fight. Remember, Black Lives Matter, and don't fucking doubt yourself if you don't think that. Or I mean, wait, I miss. Fuck, I'm misinterpreting that. My brain is melting, dude. This, this is your brain on the den. But yes, Black Lives Matter. Fucking stay safe out there, guys, and I'll catch you guys later. Bye bye.